Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dearly beloved, today is Quasimodo Geneti, or Like Newborn Infants Sunday. It is the second Sunday of Easter, the first Sunday after Easter, and in the old days it was the first non-Easter Sunday when new converts would fully participate in the service after their baptism on Holy Saturday. But the refrain, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, is not limited only for new converts, but it is for all Christians of all ages. We should all long after the pure spiritual food found in the Word of God, just as newborn infants long after milk. And so it is appropriate that in our epistle this morning, it speaks of those who are born of God. Thus, sons and daughters of the King, as our hymn calls us. So, brothers and sisters, let us seek after the pure teaching and spiritual food found in our epistle this morning. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is how our epistle begins, and as he does in his epistles, St. John gets straight to the point. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What an encouraging promise that those who are born of God overcome the world. But what exactly does it mean to be born of God? The one who has had the second birth, the birth from above, as Jesus calls it in the third chapter of John's Gospel, is the one who has been born of God. In the first chapter of the same gospel, John writes, The true light was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. That is the second birth, the birth which makes one born of God. Those who receive Christ, that is, those who believe in his name, are made children of God. Through faith we become children of God and are so said to be born of God. For many of us this happened at our baptism as infants, For others, it may have happened before our baptism if we came to faith as older children or as adults. No matter how one came to faith, that faith, itself a gift of God, is what enables one to be born of God. It is faith that receives the new birth from above so that we are called children of God, sons and daughters of the King, and so we are. And so by faith we are born of God. We are regenerated, that is, born again. And so, being born again, being regenerated, John says, 
we overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? If there is any doubt that what John is talking about here is the same as what he talks about in his gospel by becoming children of God and overcoming the world, this is put to rest when he speaks of being born of God and overcoming the world and that victory then coming through faith. To reiterate, or to put another way, the one who overcomes the world is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so to believe that Jesus is the Son of God is to be born of God. So then what does it mean to overcome the world? Is it some call to political or military action to overthrow the governments, to call a call to world conquest? By no means, not at all. John is not speaking of the world as we see it around ourselves, but he's speaking of all the spiritual things that oppose Christ and his kingdom. In John's gospel, the devil is called the prince of this world. This world, then, represents all things in the devil's kingdom, things that do not last, things that are ultimately empty and will pass away and come to nothing on the last day. When John speaks of overcoming the world, then, he speaks of overcoming temptations, of overcoming the assaults of the devil, of enduring persecution, revilement, mockery, of mortifying and subduing our own sinful flesh. This is the world that he speaks of. And this, John says, we overcome by faith. By faith we have been regenerated, born again, given new, strong, and holy life so that we are able by the Holy Spirit's aid, to overcome temptations when they surround us. We are able to resist the devil so that he may flee from us. We are able to endure all sorts of persecution and mockery. We are able to put to death the desires of our flesh, to ignore them and to instead follow the new and good desires which the Holy Spirit grants and works within us because we have been born of God. And yes, this is a continual battle. It is difficult and trying, and it lasts the whole lifetime. The world will never stop tempting you. The devil will never stop assaulting you. And as long as you still live in this world, you will still desire sinful things. However, in the face of this, we have this assurance. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If we remain constant and steadfast in this faith, we will overcome the world in the end. The victory will be ours because Christ has overcome the world, and by faith in him we are united to him. By holy baptism we are made one with him as our head. Yes, this ultimate victory will finally be revealed on the last day in the resurrection, when all creation is made new. Then the victory will be complete, and we will have fully overcome the world. Then there will be no more temptations. Then the devil will be locked away in chains, in outer and gloomy darkness. And then the desires of our flesh will only be good and pure and holy. 
It is our hope and joy that all who are born of God will one day enjoy this. Yet, in this life, we do not yet have all of this, because we still fail, we still sin, we still fall to temptation, the devil's assaults, and to our own sinful desires. Yes, indeed, daily we sin much in ways that we don't even know. That is why we cannot rely on our own strength, on the powers of the first birth, but must instead trust and rely in Christ alone. Through this repentant faith in him, we receive the forgiveness of sins daily through the Holy Spirit, who, according to God's grace, forgives the sins of the people in the church richly and mercifully. Because God does not hate what he has made, but loves all that he has made, even sending his Son into the world to die for all, that we might be forgiven and live. So too he forgives all who trust in him with repentant faith. And so that we may be made sure that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that we may be certain that through, through believing in him we are born of God and overcome the world, there are three steadfast witnesses on earth. St. John writes, there are three on earth that bear witness, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater, he writes. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. The first witness mentioned is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And Christ Jesus promised his disciples that when he sent the Holy Spirit to them at Pentecost, that he would testify of me. And since that day, he has continued to testify that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, through whom we have redemption and adoption by God and the forgiveness of sins. For just as he worked through the apostles in their preaching and teaching of the word, so too the Holy Spirit works through their successors, those who occupy the office of the ministry which Christ himself established in our gospel reading. For the ministry can never be without the word, and Christ's ministers, his servants, publicly read it, teach it, preach it, and expound upon it. They ever hold it forth before the people wherever they may be. In the end, it is not the preacher's witness or testimony, but it is the testimony and witness of the Holy Spirit who accompanies this reading, preaching, teaching of the word. Through this, he bears witness that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and creates faith in the hearts of the hearers that they may believe. In addition to this constant witness of the Holy Spirit found throughout the church, wherever she is gathered in all of the world, there is also the witness of the life of Jesus Christ. This is he who came by water and blood, not only by water, but by water and blood writes John. This water and blood that he is writing of here are two events in our Lord's life that testify of his divinity and mission. In John's day, there were certain persons, false teachers, that said that Jesus was baptized, but before he died, he made Judas look 
like himself, and Judas was crucified, and Jesus had nothing happen to him. We find today that still the Muslims teach this. The first that John mentions then is water. Jesus came by water because in his baptism of the Jordan River at the hands of John the Baptist, he began his ministry. There he was first proclaimed as the Christ. At his baptism, the heavens were opened, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and the Father proclaimed from heaven, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. After witnessing this, John the Baptist knew and declared Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is where Jesus began his ministry, where he began to preach and teach the coming of the kingdom of God in himself and in his actions. For he was there declared to be the Son of God and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by his death that we may be forgiven. And this is the second great testimony, which John refers to as blood. In his bloody passion and death, our Lord was also declared to be the Son of God, who took on flesh that he might die for our sins. During this great sacrifice, while he was paying the awful price for our redemption from sin, death, and the devil so that we might become children of God, the sun failed its light starting at noon for three hours until Jesus died. At his death, the curtain in the temple that separated the most holy place from the rest of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, demonstrating that by Jesus' death, the enmity which separated God from man had been dealt with. Sin had been removed and atoned for. So too there was a great earthquake at the time of his death, as creation itself shook while its creator died, shedding his blood to redeem his lost sinful creatures. At witnessing this, the centurion, who was watching over Jesus on the cross, declared, Surely this was the Son of God. Thus the witness of the Holy Spirit is supported by the water and the blood. And their testimony is one, for they testify the same thing. And if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he testified of concerning his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Of course, we do receive the testimony and witness of men regarding this. The apostles wrote it down, and it was passed down in the scriptures and preached over the generations. But the witness of God is greater than this, and it even works through the witness of men and women who preach and teach their children and grandchildren. God has testified all of this concerning his son, Jesus Christ, that through belief in his name, we are adopted as sons and daughters of the heavenly king. Through trust in him, we receive the right to become children of God. Through faith in him, we are born of God. We overcome the world, and we have the promise of life everlasting in the resurrection from the dead. He who believes in the Son of God has this witness in himself. Yes, brothers and sisters, within you the Lord is at work. By faith, you are united to God himself through the work 
and presence of the Holy Spirit. May he, through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is risen from the dead, ever strengthen your faith and keep you steadfast in the same until death, that you too may rise on the last day when Jesus comes again to life everlasting. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.